All right, guys, welcome back for another podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about the 515 report, kind of how that integrates with traction and ultimately accountability within the team. So here we go. Welcome to the podcast. So five yeah. fifteens. I know I'd make the. I had made the joke the last couple of weeks that like I have no idea what they are. Yeah, I know roughly, you know, the idea, but uh, the the inception of or actually the introduction of these uh, this tool was brought to us from an outside source. Yes, um, and then you showed up, and it was one of those moments of it was a, it was a quick change because it was like sort of like a realized immediate need. Yeah. Yeah, and it was very reactive. We try to be proactive, yeah. but it was it was reactive at that time. But it, but that kind of speaks to the culture that we have as just you know I know we've talked about it a number of times where it's like oh we see it let's just go yeah like, don't sit don't wait don't try and you know funnel it through whatever channel is necessary like hey this is gonna work let's do it yeah so that's kind of what we're gonna talk about today is the actual functionality of that tool how it relates to some of the other stuff that we're doing and and why it fits into yeah. all of all of those tools that already exist it's just in another minor addition to the yeah. suite. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, <clears throat> I, I, what I like about getting down into kind of this nitty gritty, I mean, of how, you know, our education system is set up, I mean, between the skills rubric and uh, so on and so forth. I think what I like is it's, it's, you really start to see this merging of concepts from all the other podcasts that we've been having. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think when, we as a profession start to say, you know, like I said, I mean, it's, um, you know, eight hours in a day to maintain 10 hours a day to gain. And it's like, well, we don't have that as our base day is maybe 10, maybe 12 hours. So it's like, how do you actually get to the point that, you know, Hey, I've been listening to these podcasts. I want to actually do what they're doing, but how do I actually implement that within the team? Mm -hmm. And I, I think when we start to look at, um, 515 or um, the skills rubric, the interest list, our education system as a whole. Um, we have you have first of all, you have to have culture and core values. Mm-hmm. You you have to have the mindset of accountability. Um, and we start to of course look at the accountability ladder. Um, what we're talking about is level eight. We're talking about implementation. Mm-hmm. You know, as we're going through these podcasts, is we're actually providing up to level seven. We're saying here's the solutions to among the most common problems and biggest problems that we actually have have in the profession, this is, like you said, it's a tool. It's an implementation tool. Yeah. Um, however, if you don't have an accountable team, because 515 you can run individually, 515 you can run as a bigger picture, but by 515 is a bigger picture is traction, which we'll talk about in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we're staying down in sort of this, you know, denial category or we have, you know, people where you're trying to run through a skills rubric or 515 and it's just each week um, goals aren't met or accomplishments aren't, you know, occurring and we constantly see challenges and then you start to get really what we say, it's unnecessary conflict, right? So you start to have unnecessary conflict about not getting tasks complete uh, where everyone's like, well, you're the you know, this and you and this is it, it really is a nice tool. Uh, for 515 or for traction to basically just identify what are you actually doing? Mm-hmm. When can when can we res- 
actually realistically, um, you know, start to get this uh, accomplished. Right. And I think that was um, truthfully for me, uh, you know, we, I think we made the joke. We made it a couple of times. We made it last week about how, um, you know, for me, when it's like, well, where are we going to start? I'm like, we're just going to do everything. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that was well, yes, I had to leave the room during our first planning meeting. <laughs> um, uh, the uh, coming back to it, though, I think um, for me, it was actually probably some of that. Uh, I don't want to say anger, uh, frustration mm-hmm. uh, came from you just don't know where to start. Yeah, you know, and I think for us, you know, really before we get into five fifteen, it probably behooves us to at least touch on traction first. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, traction again, you can do large picture, small picture, you know, uh, in that capacity. But I think for us, the traction model, um, it was a little difficult to get our mind wrapped around in the beginning, but it's a really, really powerful tool. Well, I think the reason that it worked so well once the once the switch was flipped is yeah. the fact that essentially what the traction model is, and I, I'll, you know, I've, I put the, the link to the book in almost every video that we've had. Oh, sure. Nice. And I will continue to do so, is that what it does is it, it, it takes the big things yeah. and it, it forces you to boil them down or, or parcel them out into consumable items within yep. roughly a two week time frame. What can you do right now to take a step forward, mm-hmm. get traction, start to actually grab on and move the wheels. I think the reason that that works though is because when you get to the point of actually having consumable items, having run a triage based clinic allows you the, you have the skill set more innately to prioritize those items. Gotcha. Because if something else comes in, yeah. like, and you just know that it's higher priority, you might not be able to communicate it great yet. Yeah. And it might be, it, it might not be super well. Uh, and that was kind of what the, the initial onset of that tool was, was like, well, Carlo, you've been sitting on these caregiver resources for yeah. six months like yeah. what's happening? You said you were going to have these done by the 4th of July and then they get done on January 1st. Right. But it's like, well, they got done because what ended up happening for you was there was just an, a, something ended up on top of it in terms of prioritization, yeah. which is what the tool is made for. Yes. That's what the 515 is made for is what's yeah. highest priority right now and how are we going to get these things done efficiently mm-hmm. um, as well as avoid uh, in uh, unnecessary conflict. Right? Yeah, it's a direct yeah. retort to the idea of um, inefficient process. Yes, and un- uh, uh, um, unnecessary conflict. Yes, yes, those two things. Yeah, it's a it's an implement. Like you said, it's an implementation tool that helps with the inefficient process. Yeah. But what I will say is, uh, like you said, once the switch was flipped, mm-hmm. um, it wasn't it wasn't exactly just like you run in a room and flick it. You know, it was uh, like no, no. It, <laughs> it, uh, it probably yeah. took honest. Yeah. I it well. I would like to say six sessions, and I think we were meeting every other week. I mean, it, it, it may have been longer than that. Yeah, I mean, because that would put us out at like three months, yeah. you know, four months, somewhere in that category. Yeah. Um, I, I remember it was kind of a real big struggle bus in the beginning. Um, and I think part of it is um, trying to find uh, the groove of technology that works. Mm-hmm. You know, I think uh, originally when we were doing traction, um, you know, we were doing it pretty much paper-based, which, mm-hmm. I, again, I think is a good way to teach it in the beginning. Yeah. Um, yep. I'm a big believer in that. Yeah. And like actually writing out Having, and fulfilling yep. your process on paper. Yes. Because yep. uh, if you've ever read the or heard of the book Good to Great, uh-huh. um, it's uh-huh. six. Uh, ru- I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah. It's written by Jim Collins. Uh, rule six in that book out of six is that technology is not a solution. It is merely an accelerator. Yes, correct. So like get away from technology, yes. develop your solution, and then yes. find the thing that does it faster. Funny. 
funny. I yeah that yeah that that's actually really funny because that's exactly what I was thinking with yeah. the five fifteens. Yeah, you know, is let's knock these things out on paper because I mean mirroring what we had done. So mm-hmm. you know, just doing it on paper initially, then we can roll it over to um, Microsoft Teams. And right. I, I think that for us, which again, I mean, we haven't really talked about traction with five fifteens yet. However, um, the integration of technology, I think the um, the Microsoft three sixty. 360 or 365? 365. 365. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, th- that software has been incredibly useful between mm-hmm. Teams and Planner. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I mean, Outlook has a planner in it. You know, I mean, um, even, you know, Apple software has, you know, planning. I mean, there's reminder system and, you know, so on and so forth. So, it, again, like you said, technology is an accelerator. But um, I think as far as the multi-individual, multi-team coordination, mm-hmm. I don't think that there is better software on the market than the Microsoft Teams. There's unfortunately not. No. Um, I, For I, all the parts, communication, right, right. file transfer, file yeah. allocation, task allocation. I, I mean, it's, it's... I cannot tell you how many hours I put into researching an actual technology solution that um, it was would facilitate this process. And the thing, the team's process isn't perfect, but it's closest. Yeah. Which is funny because uh, Traction actually has a technology solution. I remember you saying that. But yeah. it is basically their paper materials yes. digitally. Yes. So you can, you can have the conversation digitally. However, it doesn't really, it's not really user-friendly all that much. Yeah. I, um, but either way, the process itself doesn't really change. But yeah. that was a big barrier because it was like yeah. uh, you, you, um, you especially wanted to move really fast yes. because you had the industry overview done. Yep. Like you, and obviously it was you know a working thing and it's different now than it was then. Yep. However, it was like, here's all this stuff. Yep. I need to go. Right. Like, where are we going? What's right. what's happening right now? And how are we going to communicate that information to upwards of, you know, 30 people all at the same time or whatever Correct. it might be? Yeah. And um, the, the hardest and most frustrating part of that conversation was saying, well, actually slow down. Yeah. We need to, you need to get this process in yep. place. You need to be able to speak this language and mm-hmm. understand um, what you're actually doing in, ter- in terms of prioritization. Not that I don't trust you to be able to do it, but you just doing it is different than you understanding it so you can teach it. Yes. So um, yeah. that the was... Delegation the, was a big part yeah, of that. Right. And that Those was, two yeah. things ran together. Exactly. Yeah, speaking the language, being able to delegate and knowing that if someone was a little bit slower at it mm-hmm. um, than what I, not necessarily slower than what I could do it, but slower than what I was hoping it would be done from a time frame standpoint, yep. it was still getting done by someone else and it was still getting done with a high quality product. Right. You know, it. Yeah. And, and that's really what that process from the traction model and the big scope. So the, the difference between the traction model that we use um, and then the 515 is the, the functionality of the process is pretty much the same. Pretty much. Uh, it's the scale in yes. which you implement it. So the 515 is really on an individual level. But yeah. the reason that we roll it back into the traction model is because we've used that on a leadership team level for yes. years yeah. because it, it, it allows for a wider scope of things that are happening. And you mm-hmm. can use it more on a, the easiest way to put it is a departmental level or above. Yeah. yeah. Um, it does work on an individual level, but sometimes it actually gets too wide for one person, which is where the 515 comes into play. Yeah. Um, yep, yep, yep. But really that, that whole thing is about 
uh, three things. It's set your initiatives for what you want to do for the year. For traction. Yep. Yep. Set your priorities, your quarter priorities. So what am I looking at in terms uh, or initiatives, excuse me, issues, what's standing in my way of fulfilling those initiatives. And then of those two items, what is my quarter priorities? Yeah. How am I going to, what is the, what is the most important thing for me to solve so I can fulfill these initiatives? If it's simply focusing on the initiatives, because none of the issues are that insurmountable, then you just focus on those. But if you have an issue that's simply in your way, i.e. my culture kind of sucks like I need right. to work on that, right? Like that's going to be a big barrier to fulfilling an initiative. Yeah. So it's just about being critical of of knowing everything that's in front of you and putting the most important thing on top yeah. and then consuming it at bit by bit. Yeah. And that's where I think when we started doing it initially, uh, meeting uh, on the consultation side, that was almost exactly it. We were f- trying to focus on ways in which we could manage core values, culture, the performance system, education system. I mean, and even now, a couple years later, I mean, that's, we're still doing that actively. It's a lot more streamlined now. Um, but, you know, for us, because we had so many different things that we were doing at one time, most of our meetings only focused on culture, core values and mm-hmm. education. And behind the scenes, I was still doing process. Yeah. You know, I was still fixing inventory. I was still fixing, you know, some of these other more mechanical parts, the software, you know, all these are kind of happening, which I never actually brought to the table as far as priority, but it's like it needed to get done. Right. You know, and it did come up each week or whatever it was, every couple of weeks um, in the challenges, you know, mm-hmm. at least in issues. And I think, like you had said, there's issues, um, initiatives, and priorities, and that's from really, really big picture coming down to small. So, like you said, the issues, um, uh, you know, the issues honestly was our entire industry overview. Right. You know, it, right. Was, that, it was that central portion. Um, but even within um, the three culture, service, and talent as our issues, it also then bled into the blue parts of the diagram as well between you know the the mentorship or now what you're calling our education system, the core values. It was like, how do we actually institute like our mindset of serve the patient Mm -hmm. you know so even then um, you know I think our issues list while there's kind of nine main issues we have between culture service and talent on the industry overview I think our issues list was like 35 things long oh it was more than that yeah yeah, it was just because you had an existing one and then you showed up with this (laughs) and I was like oh so these are actually all substantially bigger than this yes yeah so yeah yeah. put as much as you want on your issues list it doesn't matter you know individually or get the team together and again, again, we're talking more about traction. We're not talking about the 515 yet. Yep. Um, but the issues list is honest to God, as big as you want it to be and mm-hmm. as much as you can identify. Um, and that's actually part of why when we as an organization uh, Paw Health, we start to talk about the future of Paw Health is, I mean, again, the future of Paw Health is protecting the solo practitioner. I mean, it's really what it boils down to mm-hmm. is not allowing our profession as a whole to move 100% corporate. It's saying, no, we want local ownership. We want individual influence. It's because of the issues list. Yeah. You, you, can't, you can't realistically have multi-state ownership in any way, shape, or form with the expectation that you're going to have 
pure local influence. Right. Because if you constantly have to look up, up the ladder or up the food chain to try to solve a local solution, you're going to be met with unnecessary conflict and inefficient process. Mm -hmm. So really to say, you know, again, while yes, the issues list is the issues list, it's more important that these issues are specific to each clinic. Mm -hmm. We want to maintain individuality. We want people to be themselves. And sometimes that individuality is an issue for which there is a solution. You know, whether we talk about alignment to a, a common purpose, like serve the patient, uh, that individual problem as we move towards uh, more education on core values, or it's more tactile into what is your actual job job. So again, from a traction model standpoint, with the first big checkoff item as being your issues list, that's, that's what keeps us focused locally. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And yeah, uh, so the idea of having a large structure to provide you your issues list, yes. like, hey, here's the things that you're trying to solve. Yep. It's, it's not only inefficient, but it creates conflict. It's also likely like just flat out inaccurate yeah. with what they're, you're going to see on a day-to-day -day basis. Because I mean, for an example, on that front, if you were to walk into a clinic and say, here's all these big cultural problems that you're going to fix in your clinic that's seeing eight to 12 patients a day in Iowa. Right. What? Yeah. Like that's, that's nowhere on my scope, yeah. nowhere near my radar. Like mm -hmm. I'm just trying to make payroll. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Right. And, yes. and then on the, the flip side, if you were to bring that to a large corporate structure and you had the small practice problem. Yes. Like what? Yeah. Why know. are you talking to me about this? Yeah. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> like right. shoe. Yeah. Please yeah. go away. Yeah. Like I have bigger fish to fry, whatever right. they may be. Right. right. Um, so yeah, having that. Basically, under and that was the the big conversation, and, and really, a, I think a good transition point into the five fifteen is when you had brought the industry overview to that meeting, and the, it was okay, Carlo. What do you? What is actually within your scope of influence? Correct. Yes. Right. Paw problem, industry problem. Exactly. Yep. So we 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 started to segment out. You know, what is a what is an industry problem? Not to say that we don't have potential solutions on a local level. Correct. However, it's like what is like right now, like what's yeah. really in front of us within your scope of influence, yep. and then how do we get that in place so you can just continue to expand that scope? That's when we talk about clinic to you know yep. jurisdiction to yeah, community state, to all, state, right, yep, right, yep, industry. Yep. You just continue to grow that scope because um, uh, that's that's the idea of well, number one, like make sure that you don't overgrow yourself because otherwise you're going to get stretched way too thin. Yeah. But also when you, when you naturally expand your scope of influence in that way, as it grows bigger, it actually happens more efficiently because those that you are now trying to influence see the change that you've already made. Correct. It's genuine. It's proven. It's a yes. sit, it's the clean your room. Yes. Like I yes. have my shit in order <laughs> yeah, right. and I'm continuing like it's, yeah. it's, it's not perfect. Yeah. It's a continuous process. Yeah. Yeah. However, I've, I've, I have done my due diligence in proving to you yeah. why I know what I'm talking about. Yes. And now I believe now this is how you can do it on this level. Yeah. Take one circle bigger. Right. Yep. Yep. So yep. the idea of that then if you work backwards is okay, now I have a staff person that whether they're most of the time on the floor or off the floor in more of an administrative type role, it's like, okay, 
what is that person's scope of influence in this structure or any, like really yeah. anything that's related to the company and like what's happening yeah. on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. And then how do I put a tool in front of them so that they can start to expand out even further, yes. right? Yep. Um, and that's what the 515 does. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because once you take that issues list and you, like you said, what is the most important right now? Is this a my clinic problem? Is this an industry problem? Or is it an industry problem that is actually affecting my clinic? You know, so yeah. you kind of look at saying, well, I can't necessarily fix the industry on that level yet. Mm-hmm. And that's, of course, where we're moving is more industri- industrial solutions. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, to then say that's where we pull down from the issues list to come into initiatives mm-hmm. and saying, all right, let's think big as best as we can in this year. What can we, or what is, what do we actually want to accomplish in the year? And I think that's where, like you said, then you start to identify either um, in, uh, in clinic or out of clinic individuals as administrators or uh, leads or whatever happens to be um, to help with sort of those one year initiatives, because then you boil it down into the quarter mm-hmm. and that's what your priority. So for me, it's issue one year quarter and then it's issue um, initiative priority Mm -hmm. uh, as far as the traction model. But for me, that's then you break it down further into saying, okay, in the year, this is what we want to do. 2019 is our education year. Mm -hmm. And I think we're wrapping it out really strong, to Mm -hmm. be honest. Um, But anyway, that was our one year initiative was we have a lot of problems with continuity and uh, efficiency and so on and so forth. Um, So that this whole year we dedicated to as many uh, structures we could to uh, sort of uh, fix the education system. Um, And then coming into that quarter priority to then say, well, here's what we're going to do for quarter one, two, three, four. Um, And then again, coming back to the accountability component of that in Mm -hmm. your sort of quarter priorities is saying, okay, well, if we can then say, we're going to take these three issues we're going to tackle this year. These three issues are going to move into probably, probably twice as many initiatives, you know, so it's, it's going to be, you're going to expand that out and that's gonna be twice as many priorities for the quarters where it's, it just keeps, you know, uh, exponentially increasing to then into your to do's. Um, and that's when you start to say, what am I going to do in this week? What am I going to do in the next two weeks? Because I need to serve my quarter priority. I need to serve my one year initiative and I need to get this issue off the table. Right. Um, and like you had said, that's then when you identify these individuals to help with some of these base administrative things. While, yes, you can use a 515 to help a staff member get through a skills rubric, that's Mm -hmm. completely acceptable. Mm -hmm. Um, The tool that we have for um, the, as as the 515 report, essentially just mimics that sort of process. Right. Um, But in saying in this week um, and now getting into the actual um, 515 component, it's now helping the individual, helping the administrator um, or, you know, staff member uh, actually say, what did you do last week and what do you want to get done this week? And if you had something from last week you didn't do and it's bleeding over into this week, why? Right. That's essentially it. And that's, yeah. So that, that conversation is, uh, like factually identical to the traction conversation. Of yeah. What it's just sometimes it, tough to stomach. Yes. Yes. That's the biggest, that t- tends to be the biggest barrier to the fulfillment of this process is you go, um, you go to have that conversation of what, it, what did we get done? Right. That part's easy. Like, yeah, yeah. we got this to do to that. Blah, blah, blah. Like, yay me. Fantastic. Right. Yes. Oh, I didn't get this one done. I'm going to, either make an excuse or blame somebody else or wait right. or just deny that it's a problem right. at all. Right. Like this right. wasn't that big of a deal. Right. Whatever. Right. Right. Um, the unaccountable behavior comes out in that front and, and that's where, you know, this tool really helps shine a light on that. If that's a problem. Yes. 
Yeah. Yeah. Which again integrates into what is our education system. This is an yeah. education tool. This right. is an implementation tool. Um, and what it allows, um, the, uh, Dr. Hilda Mahia Breu, who introduced me to this, mm-hmm. uh, from Michigan state, she said, it's a metric, it's a metric in order to be able to monitor your staff, to monitor your administrators, to monitor your team members, people with whom you're working to monitor what they're doing. It's a metric. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you come back to ultimately, like you said, the, um, uh, performance growth plan, mm-hmm. if we sort of have shaky criteria on which we have um, established a growth plan where it's like, I think this has been a problem. I think this has been a problem. And you say, well, I, I know that in the last year I may not have the best of examples on why this is an issue. I just think that it is, or I feel that it is. Mm-hmm. Um, instituting a 515 then says, all right, well, let's just sort of, you know, blank slate it. We know there may be an issue in these categories and let's just work that out into the weeks and months to follow. And then you have actual week to week progress on saying, well, I thought this was a problem. Maybe it was a legitimate problem that mm-hmm. then didn't become a problem because every single week you're talking about it constantly. Right. Um, and when you start to look at the 515 report, there's, um, you know, so the idea is I had it flipped in our other podcast. Um, so it's it's 15 minutes to write and it's five minutes to review and then 15 minutes to discuss mm-hmm. um, if necessary, of course. Yep. Um, and the idea is, is that your 515s are the are run at the beginning of each week. So mm-hmm. it's kind of your Monday priority. Um, for us, we have a seven-day work week. So for us, it's a Sunday priority. Um, but with that, anyway, it's the beginning of your week um, when, we, when we run out of 515. Um, but there's four big categories to a 515. Now, again, I think there's probably some variability in this, depending, because there are resources online if you look up 515 reports. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way that we use the tools, there's four big categories. There's accomplishments. There's targeted plan, there's challenges, and then there's connections. So again, accomplishments, targeted plan, challenges, and connections. So when we look at accomplishments, that's perfect. That's all formal and informal tasks that we've completed. The targeted plan is goals or pending tasks. Uh, Challenges are going to be obstacles for your goals or tasks. And then connections is going to be new contacts necessary for the goals or tasks. Um, So the idea is, is that at the beginning of each week, you basically pull up your old 515. What did I get done? Mm-hmm. Um, and if it turns out that something happened in the fly where it was like, well, this week, I'm sorry, last week I was only planning on doing this, but this problem came up that I had to address ahead of time. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, it took priority over something else. So in that scenario where like Sunday you laid out your whole week, this is my w- work week. This is what I'm doing this week. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, this problem came up. I was issued another task, um, because it was a reactive process mm-hmm. and we say, okay, well you definitely made an accomplishment you definitely got this new priority completed it wasn't in your original targeted plan but why did this even come into your world Mm -hmm. why did this become a priority so if we say something made you break your plan it can still be an accomplishment you still got something done right Mm -hmm. i mean that's fantastic huge thumbs up because again um, these are formal and informal tasks completed Um, but the reality is if what happened that led to this not being planned was there some other staff member who really doesn't have their shit together that then just threw it off on top of you? Can you help me with this? By all means, if you have the opportunity to help someone, we are a team, but that's what this allows. It's like, well, if we start to see a trend behavior, because again, when we talk about
about our unaccountable, the unaccountability ladder. But when we start to talk about assigning accountability, are you starting to become the rescuer for this other employee? This mm -hmm. other employee doesn't have or isn't getting their tasks done and it's falling over. Now, again, that's okay. We can all ask for help. It just means that when we start to assign tasks and we start to look at targeted plans, it may mean that whatever the responsibility this individual has, that responsibility may not be their responsibility anymore. Mm -hmm. It was kind of uh, like when, again, now this is taking a step out of the 515 and jumping into traction when we were doing original planning for PAW, it was the it was the jump out to the big picture and saying these these caregiver resources. It was like we have, you know, six months turned into, or, you know, it was like a couple months turned into six months turned into a year. And it was the constant question of, Carlo, who can help you? Mm -hmm. And that's coming down into the connections part. If yep. we were going to use the 515, it was like, who, who, who can we use to help you with this problem? Who can we assign this task to so that you don't continue to fail. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think, the, the big part here is we're looking at accomplishments and success. We're looking at identifying opportunities for growth. We're looking at opportunity um, to have accomplishments. So with that, if someone loses a responsibility and saying, well, you're not going to have this task anymore, it may mean that, well, we actually, one, administratively, we need you to focus over here. Mm -hmm. Because big picture, we've identified we actually need more help over there and your skill set allows us to do more work efficiently over there. Mm -hmm. However, if it's like, well, this particular task, we aren't getting a lot of to-dos over to our to-done category that we so jokingly call it, um, it may end up being, well, if other people are taking on that task, you know what? It's no big deal because we still need that to get done. We're just going to have someone else do it. Right. You know, and um, that's where we start to look at saying how we utilize the accomplishments uh, portion, which is the first part of the 515, just that weekly review of what did you actually do last week? Mm -hmm. And was this a part of your original targeted plan? And it's okay if the answer is no, it wasn't part of my original targeted plan. And yes, it was a part of my original targeted plan. But if we start to see where more of your accomplishments are off plan, mm -hmm. it means that administratively, bigger picture, we probably have to look somewhere else and saying, does this does this person need more direction? So it's kind of that um, sort of interpersonnel type uh, meshing of to do's. That uh, that that concept of assigning accountability, though, within that process is it. it, it there's a it's that's an art form, yes. to be perfectly honest, because <laughs> it's not. It, there's not a yes. There's not a no answer. It's kind of what you're referring to is, yeah. is the fact that like yes, is it in in some instances is it okay for you to reprioritize in the moment to make a decision because yeah. this has to happen? Yes, absolutely. Um, on the flip side of that. Uh, and you, you had mentioned it, like, are you being a rescuer, yes. right? So what potentially and most likely, like, the reprioritization as compared to the original plan would, in fact, be less efficient because where are we headed and now we had something coming our way. Yes. In, in essence, it is less efficient. Not to say that that's a problem. Again, if it's an issue that has to get solved, just solve it and get it out of your way so you right. can continue forward. Right. However, if you're rescuing, that's a barrier that's likely to keep getting in your way. Oh, absolutely. Um, yes. So the, the reason that the weekly check on this process is so critical uh, is because if that behavior exists, you need to, it's, it, 
there is accountability on both sides of that of the individual that is creating the need to be rescued as yes. well. Yes. So then you oh, go clearly. Yep. you go to the other side of that, and then you say, "All right, this is what's happening. This I understand that you needed help on this front. Yeah. And which is fine. Right. However, how do we implement a solution so that this yeah. doesn't get in this person's way because it's making them less efficient? Yes. You have to be able to have that conversation yes. on that side as well. Yeah. And, and and that's where with that that may generate another issue. Right. And that issue goes on to then your issues list. And that then says, hey, we as a company thought that this year, this is what our initiative was based on the issues we thought we had. Mm -hmm. um, and that's where I think what I really like about the 515s and really back, back to what we say on a clinic culture side of in the moment accountability. Mm -hmm. This is, a, again, it's a metric, but it's a way of establishing in the moment accountability on essentially task prioritization on pushing the company forward, right. pushing progress forward. Um, and that's where I think then with this kind of being essentially a two-way, you know, two-way street where it's like administratively, we have to accept that we may have thought that the business, while we're all going in the same direction, it's kind of the, the, what we say before as you write your plans in sand and your goals in stone is that this might actually say, well, our plan is going to have to change. Our goal is the same. We know where we want to go. 2019, we want to make our education year. That is our goal for the year. Mm -hmm. It's just our plan to get there is probably going to shift you know, to this, 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 this priority. Right. Um, cause again, initiative to priority priority is a quarterly issue. Um, mm -hmm. and that's where, again, just looking at accomplishments, just saying, what did you actually get done last week? Um, is such a powerful tool in mm -hmm. the moment. Cause it's like, you know, not just saying, you know, what are you working on? And I, I want to, I want to make sure that you're doing your job for what I'm paying you for it has nothing to do with that. Yeah. It's what are you actually doing? And is it appropriate, uh, right. appropriate for your position, appropriate for efficiency, appropriate for accountability. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I would say that that review is, out of the four pieces, again, is likely the most powerful of the four that are within this. Uh, the, the reason that I, I, I do want to take a quick aside on this, though, is because with all of the stuff that we talked about within culture and core values yep. is it was from a receiver's perspective outside of our world, it was probably like, that all sounds great. How the hell do I do that? Yes, right. Yeah. Like I want to implement all of these things. And like, even if we take section 1.2 yep. and it's like, I want to do all of this. Yeah. How do I do this? Yes. Right. Like yes. this is on a one-to-one -one level with an individual, a way uh, to give it a shot in a safe manner. Yes. So what did you get done this week? Like, how is that information received? How does that conversation happen? Have you identified you have an individual that now is willing to live within the purpose of the company and within the core values? Or do you have bigger cultural issues with that person? Yeah. Right? Right. So where are, where are your priorities with that individual? This is a way to generate the conversation of and then ultimately identify where does your culture stand yeah because when you know where it stands then you can start to develop solutions on a company-wide level but also on an individual level mm -hmm. and then get back to this yes. you're identifying your potential issues yep. as it relates culturally so that you can ultimately get to the point of a 515 and an attraction model being really, really effective yeah. because what you start doing is knocking out of the way your inefficient process of crap culture. Yes. Yes. So it, it, right. it is it is kind of a there's there's a swim back and forth on this yeah. it, where you're you're constantly going like what is highest priority? What do I gotta fix here? What do I gotta fix yeah. here? You can't really put one in front of the other they do pretty much happen yeah. simultaneously yeah and it's it, i just wanted to bring that up because it, we are not one 
A, 2, I, B type thinkers. Yes. It's, it's one, two, three, four, five for us. Yeah. And this process happened naturally for us because of the way that we tend to think. Correct. Which also then created, you know, conflict at a lower level because Correct. people who tended to be more practically thinking yes. uh, had a hard time implementing processes like this because it was like, yeah, it's all sounds great, but how do I do that? Yeah. And, yeah. and that understanding the, the, the balance between the two pieces, I think is, is a major key to success and in, in not really sitting comfortably in and that's something that we've referred to a number of times. Yeah. Just don't try to get comfortable, like right. understand that this is going to be a back and forth. Yeah. So yeah. the, the accomplishments yeah. again is a means to create the conversation of accountability and then identifying where you as well as the individuals as you're having this conversation with stand on those types of conversations. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And that's where then if you start, you know, again, we have certain accomplishments occurring that are either mm -hmm. within our targeted plan or outside of our targeted plan. Um, that's where we can sort of come into then what is the targeted plan, right. you know, is that, um, and again, I, I think there's, like you said, there's kind of that fluid nature to it. Um, and again, obviously we can get the 515, uh, just the thing up online. That's no problem. Mm -hmm. Um, but when you look at it for accomplishments, targeted plan, challenges, and connections, this is not a linear, not necessarily a linear way in which you talk about these four categories because as you start to say, all right, well, here's what I accomplished, but in doing so, we identified three additional challenges. Mm -hmm. The challenges section, I'm going to kind of go a little bit technically out of order here yep. from accomplishments to targeted plan to challenges to jump into challenges. Challenges are, like I said, obstacles for your goals or your tasks. Now, those challenges in one category can be actual just problems within the task list. Mm -hmm. It's just, I have to get these tasks done, but they're hard. Mm -hmm. And why are they hard? Here's the challenges and why they're hard. Mm -hmm. um, that's one. Two is, uh, well, the other challenges I have is that I'm continuing to rescue so-and-so or right. I'm continuing to have um, this administrator continue to hand me new tasks each week mm -hmm. um, and it's interfering with what my actual targeted plan is mm -hmm. and like you said you have kind of this meshing of sites because we have to remember that the 515 is a very intimate week-to-week -week tool and that if we start to have where um, administration or kind of who's pushing the company forward if we essentially have said I need you to work over here on task A but they just keep giving you <laughs> to do items from task B, right. then scratch the whole targeted plan. Right. If all you're going to tell me to just, you know, you want me to do B, but you keep handing me everything from A, mm -hmm. then let's just focus on knocking out A. Right. You know, so that that's, again, we look at the challenges. Sometimes it's just actual challenges within the list. Sometimes it's not. But to go from accomplishments into the targeted plan, again, the targeted plan is just what are we going to do this week? Mm -hmm. And I think when we, again, take a step back from the traction model, say what is our issues to our one-year priorities, to our quarter priorities, and now we're going to start to move into the actual to-do items in order to accomplish our quarter priorities, that's basically what your targeted plan is. Right. So, you know, the targeted plan, uh, I'm just going to use our... Um, uh, clerk of accounts receivable targeted plan um, as as our example. Mm -hmm. um, these can be very uh, big category. So the idea is is that within the targeted plan, we're going to have a list of things numbered one through thirty. It doesn't matter. It's just that our plan is that we need to get these thirty things done, these six things done. Mm -hmm. um, but to say, um, you know, one of the targeted plan for this week is that we need uh, macro texts set up, or at least drafts set up for our accounts receivable, which is going to go into our new communications guide. That's big picture. That's a that is a a 
mm-hmm. target that yep. are an A plan. Yep. So how do we then break that down into consumable steps? So we're saying we're going from the issue down to the one year, down to the three month, and now we're going down into I really need this set up in the next blank. Mm-hmm. I need this set up in the next seven days. I need this thing set up in the next um four weeks right. you know because again we don't want to have to have this targeted plan blow past a quarter priority because then it becomes an initiative this is again mm-hmm. a, a, you have to look at the big picture in order to focus it down into a 515 and that focusing down is not necessarily it can be but it's not necessarily the job of um an administrator who is taking direction if you are an administrator giving direction, then by all means, yes, you should be driving the targeted plan. Um, and then it's kind of a conversation between the two, the person giving direction, the person taking reaction or uh, taking direction um, to then uh, itemize these things out. This is what needs to get done in the next week. This one needs to get done in the next three days. And then uh, what you do then from an administration standpoint, who is giving direction, you basically readjust that order. Mm-hmm. And saying, yeah, I understand that, um, you know, one of the priorities on this targeted plan is to file small claims cases. It's like, well, I really need to have those macro texts done before we do our, our small claims. Because if we then start to have our small claims, individuals communicate back, we have macro texts in place that then we can file into the medical record. So you can't do one without the other. Right. So it's like, don't, even though, yes, the small claims process is lengthy and it's going to take, you know, however many months to get your court date and communications and so on and so forth, you can run those two things in tandem where it's like, well, why don't you go ahead and file your small claims and then rush to get that uh, macro text done while your small claims are pending. It's like, like, no, you know, like if if we have now saying, well, we can file the small claims, but I'm guaranteeing that I'm going to get those macro texts done in the next three days. Oh, well, yeah, screw it. Fine. That's fine. But the idea is, is that the administrator giving direction can help set the individual week to week priority in it from a big picture standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's then when that's just on a, on a big level, a one through six, a one through 20, whatever it happens to be. Um, and then we then break that down into the next level. So mm-hmm. this is then where we get into the practical thinkers versus the systems thinkers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the system thinkers are going to say, I can take uh, the targeted plan of one through six and I'm just going to knock this thing out. Um, the to do's on a practical thinker is then to say, okay, well, I'm going to take, um, you know, the accounts receivable macro text guide. Uh, well, the first sub priority to that is, well, we need to have a meeting to figure out what actually this communication guide is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then from that meeting, you may come out with five other to do's. So the idea is that this continues to break down layer to layer to layer to layer where you can then, like we had said before, the, the practical thinkers are going to be not just number one, but what is one a, mm-hmm. and then does one, a split into three items, one B split into three items, one C. So you can track all of that in the actual targeted plan. Mm-hmm. It's not necessary to keep this as just a big, broad topic bullet point. It's okay for a 515 report to be eight pages long. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea being that we start to shift out these priorities, but we even start to shift them out within the subcategories. Mm-hmm. So um, it then breaks it down to not what are we going to do in the next quarter but the month to the week to the day to the hour Mm -hmm. so we basically just keep breaking down breaking down breaking down breaking down um and i think as we start to have those deliberate conversations on that targeted plan that's where like i said you start to break out challenges right you start to say all right well 
Um, so number one is we have to get these, this macro text draft uh, for our communication guide. Um, well, we need to set an appointment between Ben Carlo and uh, Rachel, who's in charge of the accounts receivable. Mm-hmm. Well, when is that meeting going to happen? Because that's a significant challenge to try to nail Carlo down for <laughs> 90 minutes, it you is. know, which actually then in of itself, in of itself coincidentally coincided with us recording the 515 podcast right. because that was then also part of our directive to the uh, kind of uh, the administrators receiving direction um, was you guys need to listen to this podcast so you understand this so that Carlo doesn't have to meet with everyone individually mm-hmm. and then discuss all the 515s. Um, so that's where, again, we're taking a, 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 an issue to a one year, to a three month, to a one month, to a one week, to a day. And that's basically how you that targeted plan section. Um, you know, right now we just have it super basic. Uh, this is the second 515 that Rachel's put together that we kind of um, just briefly prioritized. Um, but it's only six things long. And I think there's two sub bullets total. Mm-hmm. But it's like, oh, this is going to explode. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's a lot of different pieces to this. Um, and then what happens is in the next week on Sunday, it's just make a new copy of this 515, just copy and paste, put a new date on it, um, and then, uh, boom, what did you get done last week of your subcategories or your mm-hmm. sub your your sub-targets? I guess would be one way of putting it. The, the, the Within that targeted plan, to, it, you can go from six bullet points to eight pages or whatever in between, yeah, right? Yeah. The reason that you do that and you remain flexible on it is because the administrator providing direction provides enough direction to obtain success. Yes. That can yes. be really, really uncomfortable for a lot of people. Yeah. And that was, I think that you and I especially struggle with that on a, on a day-to-day basis because, yeah. again, we think A, B, C, D. Yes. Or, or one level below it. Yeah. And it's just like, well, I'm just going to go do it. Right. <laughs> right. Right. And, and um, that that thought process and then sl- uh, us slowing down to say, no, I need to give this person you know, four levels deep and then the list of five things within that yeah. so that they can succeed. Correct. Or at the at a minimum saying, okay, you need to get me, like you need to work to get to that process and then we're going to review your thought process and make sure that it's in alignment with what I think is going to actually happen, right? Yeah. Like not necessarily that you have to spoon feed it, but give the amount of direction that's necessary, whether it's the individual that's performing the task Correct. or the administ- administrator providing the uh, instruction in, in ultimately yeah. to, uh, to perform that task. Uh, just get to the point where you both know what success looks like. Right. That's really all it comes down to. Yeah. And then yeah. from that, yes, go what is standing in your way. So the more clear that you are, the more that you share the picture of where are we going, it's also a lot yeah. easier to share what the picture of the road looks like. Yep. Uh, yeah. yeah. And this, and this again, merges with what is the performance growth plan. Right. So in that challenges section, uh, which now from accomplishments to targeted plan to challenges, um, you can actually pull from the growth plan and you mm-hmm. can actually put the, the low marker growth plan items from the whatever this the verbal review or the written review and just throw them in there mm-hmm. and you just say okay these are things that we identified so the challenges in of themselves if you look at what the traction model is on your issues to your one year to your you know uh, quarter to then getting down the challenge is basically just another issues list 
Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. So it's you pull issues from anywhere. You, mm -hmm. Like I said, there's kind of those two main categories that we kind of said before. Um, but you can pull challenges from the growth plan as well. I guess it's the third potential category. I'm mm -hmm. just saying these have been barriers for you, or at least what we assume to be barriers in the last year. Are these continuing to be challenges? Are these continuing to be barriers for you? Mm -hmm. Is it because, we, like you said, we don't have clarity in the actual plan items. So mm -hmm. I, we don't actually know how to accomplish those. So that's one. Two is someone just keeps giving you more work outside of the scope of what we have given direction for or discussed. And then again, the third being is it's just these are actual innate barriers to either your skill set, your mindset. And I think like you had said just a moment ago, um, just to relate it back to our Tricore uh, discussion or our Tricore podcast. Mm -hmm. And I said we kind of cruised over. It was the systems thinkers and then yep. the practical thinkers. So system thinkers is I can just take one through six and do it. The practical thinkers are I'm going to need it broken down 15 different ways. And I think, like you said, we have a hard time slowing down. Um, that is a point of conflict. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. When you have an administrator who's giving direction, thinking in one through six, and you have an administrator receiving direction who thinks in one a one be you know all the yeah. way down into the into the finer points um i think at one of our um uh, growth plan clarity meetings we had um last week i think i pretty much said the 515 is here to just fuck shit up you know yes. i mean yes. it's it's yep. pretty much here to just break everything yeah you know now again don't get me wrong it's here for us to accomplishments and target, you know, our targeted plan and challenges and so on and so forth. But this is, again, it's a metric of accountability. It's saying, let's just sort of go through this and figure out where if our, if we aren't clear on our challenges. Mm -hmm. So the first one challenges, we're not clear on why you can't get this task done. Mm -hmm. Two, we're not clear on why people keep giving you extra work. Three, we're not clear on what these long-term challenges have actually been. Let's just try to break that system. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it's it's the joke that we made, where I made with I make all the time, is I make rules with the intent of breaking them. It's mm -hmm. like let's just use this as a tool to really stress, not stress you out on an emotional level, but just stress test, stress yep. the system, yep. try to figure out. Because again, if we're the administrators giving direction and we're off mark. Mm -hmm. And we don't, and now again, not off mark from a culture core value or education standpoint, but if we're off mark and far as far as how we think this task should be completed, mm -hmm. meaning we think as target plan number one, the accounts receivable macro text drafts for our communication guide, we think we know how that is going to go. Mm -hmm. But like you said, for us, we're just going to jump in there and start doing it as a systems thinker. But a practical thinker is going to be like, well, uh, okay, how can I learn on where I can actually go to just try to test this thing out? Mm -hmm. You know, so it's it's um, giving latitude in what that targeted plan is. But the idea is you stress everything mm -hmm. um, to try to find out what are you accomplishing, what aren't you accomplishing, what is your targeted plan, and are we on plan to relate back to what our quarter priority and our one-year initiative is so we can continue to knock off more issues. It also allows the individual that is receiving direction the opportunity to fail comfortably sure yes so when we had that meeting that was what i heard right was like just go just like, yes just start doing stuff like, yes if it breaks we're gonna catch it right away correct like if 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 we screw it up we know that we can fix it yes and all but if we don't move we don't know what's broken correct therefore we can't move Correct. So yes, you yes. just have to go try something. Yes. Um, yes. That and I, I think that was, that was, yeah, one of the big points was I don't want to stop doing something that's working. Yes. You know, that's, I think when we start talking yep. about stressing the system, it's like, well, I don't, I don't know if, if I'm doing this right. I don't know if you don't like the way that I'm doing that. It's just like, like you said, well, 
we'll figure it out. Right. You know, we'll catch it, you know, and it's like, as soon as that happens, it'll just be an opportunity for then boom, here's okay. Nope. Not that way this way. Oh, okay. Sounds good. But, and that's again, why that goes back to that dance between culture and actual implementation of a process like this, because if you have a junk culture, yes, it's really, really hard to be comfortable to fail. Yes. So like if you, if you have the belief, whether it's conscious, subconscious, whatever, that your head's going to get cut off if you fail, this process is really kind of arbitrary and just like you're, it's going to be so tentative and it's going to be so just like just walking on eggshells that your progress is going to be minimal, if not non-existent and also very slow. Yeah. Whereas if you have the the culture that can stomach failure and say, awesome, thanks for showing us where this doesn't work. Yes. Now let's get better then it's like, oh, sweet. I can kind of just run. And if I run into a wall, like I'm already wearing a helmet. Right. Like, <laughs> right. right. We gave you that as part of your starter bag. Exactly. Right. And then you just kind of, you just keep going. You keep yeah. finding the obstacles, keep falling down and just keep getting back up. It's, yeah. it's fail forward. Exactly. It's a mechanism to allow you to do that. Yeah. Again, what works back and forth. If you've got broken culture, this is going to help you identify where yeah. you have limitations culturally and when you have good culture, you're going to find limitations on uh, on uh, process and just yes. everything that you're doing. Yeah. It works back and forth. So I think that um, it's really an item if you have, especially in the instance that you have individuals that you do not see on a day-to-day basis. Yes. Like yeah. physically see. Yeah. You really need to have something like this in place because yeah. uh, it's really, really easy to get out of alignment on what's happening. I was going to say, get off track. It's not even necessarily that you disagree on what should be happening when, you know, all that sort of stuff. But if you, if you have issues and you're not visibly seeing them or whatever it might be, it's really easy to fall into the assumption that that individual is being lazy. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, if you're not in alignment. Yeah. um, Yeah. And actually I want to bring this back again to our uh, uh, performance and potential grid that we talked about Mm -hmm. um, a couple casts ago was, um, you know, I I think, yes, like you said, you'll sort out if you don't have good culture. uh, But I think the other side too is, you know, is this person lazy? Are they not? Um, But I think it then comes back to like, how is this actual person fitting within that culture? Mm -hmm. So it's maybe it's not a scenario where you as a clinic have shit culture, but it's like, what, what happens if you have good culture, but this individual isn't aligning and bringing it back to the performance potential grade is where we had an individual that was, um, you know, a problem child, which is uh, low performance, high potential. They kind of started to just barely touch up into that star player category where their performance was actually pretty decent. And uh, their potential was kind of met right up with that, where they were just starting to drive forward and then they rapidly moved back to the backbone where it was like performance was still decent, but there really wasn't any potential we weren't going anywhere mm-hmm. but it was an administrative position receiving direction that we really needed high potential we really needed someone to continue to move these things forward because we needed the process to work so that's that's the loop we want to stop people from going is high you know from problem child to star player to backbone you want to catch them before they get down into the iceberg it's the right. counterclockwise movement of the performance potential grid the counterclockwise movement is saying that you want to try to catch them before they drop into the iceberg category well that was actually the very first time we had implemented the 515 was we were starting to fall back into that low potential. We were starting to drop off on performance. We were starting to bridge that gap between um, high performance, low performance. So it was from backbone to um, iceberg. 
And it was like, hey, let's do this 515. It's going to give us the opportunity to help you prioritize your tasks Mm -hmm. and saying, okay, you are receiving administrative direction on, say, 10 different things. Maybe you're just getting overwhelmed with those individual items where it's like, you know, you have three huge categories, this job, this job, this job, or this role, this role, this role. And you are having just the clarity part. And again, this is the communication, right? This person is lazy. They're not getting their job done. However, maybe it's that they aren't actually clear on what they need to be doing first. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we started to issue out the, at least the 515, um, and then, uh, Annie, I believe was meeting with this, uh, individual receiving direction, um, for, it was a week, uh, every week, I'm sorry, not, not meeting for a week, but they were yeah. meeting once a week, weekly, uh, yes. weekly. Yes. There we go. Thank you. There's the word mm-hmm. I was looking for. Um, and it basically, it wasn't the parachute there. It wasn't, it wasn't the, uh, net in which we could catch this individual because, uh, her own individual accountability and her own perspective on receiving direction was starting to fall off. Mm-hmm. So it's, it was a, a circumstance where it was like, crap, we have this person who's starting to drop performance. We just want to give them direction so that they succeed in saying, Hey, and this is coming back to the challenges and so on and so forth. If a challenge is that this one role is too much and you don't want to do that role anymore, just tell us, you don't want to do that role anymore. I, right. I don't care. Our administrative team doesn't care if you don't want to do that role anymore. We just don't want you to continue to fail at this role. Mm-hmm. We want to focus you into these other two roles or this other one role where you're going to kick the hell out of that. Awesome. Some people get overwhelmed. Some people get tired. Some people just lose interest. Perfectly acceptable shift the responsibility back to the administration team giving direction and we'll find someone else. Right. There's no problem with that. Right. However, the perception is then they're meeting with me every week to tell me all the stuff that I, I'm not getting done and they're going to take one of my jobs away. Mm-hmm. That's exactly not how this tool should be perceived because then that is coming from a what? It's an unaccountable person who is starting to play the victim role, Mm -hmm. right? So if you start to see where you're moving through the 515s, we're trying to implement culture in the clinic, we're trying to do tasks on whatever happens to be AR to marketing to uh, doesn't matter to anything. Um, And you start to have where you're trying to work through these 515s and it's met with just that resistance of why do you keep telling me the stuff I'm not doing? Well, actually, technically, category one is all the stuff you did get done. So Mm -hmm. let's understand that accomplishments is a part of what this process is. Um, but that's where, when you start to say have crap culture is that maybe you are actually starting to identify the crap, you know, and trying to identify these individuals that now on a week to week basis, you're just not giving up. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where we talk about the loss of unaccountable employees and saying we, as an administration team, we don't give up. We never stop. Mm -hmm. And part of it is we've said before is the, um, the addiction of the problem solver. Mm -hmm. You know, for us, if we have a problem that we do not yet have a solution for, we're going to keep pushing because we want to find the solution because finding solutions to problems feels really, really good. Mm -hmm. Um, but it can also appear as if we're nagging constantly, yeah, there's that. <laughs> I may be really good at that. Yeah, yeah. But it's not. You know, if we're here as, again, our our biggest drive, uh, our biggest intent of this company is to serve the patient. And for us, I mean, that that is the writing we have taken off of the wall, you know, is saying that is what we are here for. It's like it feels so good when you start to have these massive challenges and you finally crack the nut. It's like, oh, my God, I want to do that again. You know, that's basically what we're trying to instill over into the administrators receiving direction or the individuals receiving direction is like, hey, let's find some stuff and sort of break it a little bit because then we find those problems. We're going to 
find a solution it's gonna feel really good yeah. and then you're gonna be hooked yeah. i mean that that's only what boils down to is right. if you can hook someone into problem solving just like when it comes with kids if you can hook them onto learning you'll never have to teach them mm-hmm. it's the same thing if you can hook them onto the solution of problem solving meaning just how good it feels to be in the high level of that accountability ladder it's freaking addicting and we're gonna go super super wide scope for a moment so i apologize (laughs) but where where we kind of started this conversation uh and we've talked about it a few times is that idea of having alignment across the board right is when i'm gonna go back like a, a little bit is that's that is the thing that happens when a millennial goes from crap performance yes. to high performance. Yes. And we talked about the idea of being able to have local influence. Yes. Like that's what and it's going to become more and more of a thing as the workforce turns over is those individuals want to be able to make an impact. Absolutely. Impact can only happen within your scope of influence. Yes. So have a mechanism where that individual can understand their scope of influence and make a difference in it. Absolutely. This is how you do it. And then when you do that and then you figure out number one, if they're accountable or unaccountable, you Actually, let's just assume that they're unaccountable because generally speaking, that's a tougher mindset to just naturally have. Sure. Yes. Is you can teach them how to be that way. You can give them the opportunity for success as well as the opportunity for comfortable failure. Yes. And then the tools in which to improve. Yes. And make a bigger impact on their scope of influence. Absolutely. And then all of a sudden they're addicted to it. Yes. That's the thing that's like, oh shit, they just went from like real slow to 10 times faster in yes. a moment's notice. Yep. This is how you do that. Yep. And again, like in terms of what older generations used to have, I don't know if that was as big of an influence, but again, going back to one of the very first things that we said, technology is an accelerator yes. because what people are seeing on the internet are people that are obtaining this big level of success within their scope of influence and watching it increase dramatically in a yes. short amount of time. Yes. And they want that. They want to be able to make a difference. Yep. They want to show up to work and enjoy the hell out of it so it doesn't feel like work, right? right? Well, yep. how do you do that? Make a difference. Yep. Serve something. Yes. Serve whatever it is that you're doing. And this is where it gets outside of just veterinary world. Oh, but for us, serve the patient is ultimately yes. why we're here. Is like that's this is the mechanism to start that process yes. forward. So if you have significant performance issues, you have to provide the framework for these people to succeed yeah. because they want to make a difference. As much as you might not believe it, you might think that they're lazy and they just don't give a shit. Yeah. Everybody wants to make a difference. Absolutely. They even if they don't know it yet. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and I don't know about you, but I'm getting goosebumps. Like, like that was, I, that was Ben just like yes. bringing it all yes. kind of together, yes. which yeah. like, th- but this is how that happens. Yes. And, yes. and yeah. that's why there's so much value in this tool because, because yeah. then you get down to the last thing, right? Is, is your connections, which in our performance growth plan, we also refer to as resources. Right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So either way you all help these people identify what is out there for you. Yes. Yeah. To help you succeed on this front, yes. you know, one of our uh, one of our doctors is like he has issues in communication, right? So then there's Ben over here who really like knows communication pretty dang well. Right. Our paths don't really cross all that often, but in his growth plan, I'm on it. Yes. Because sure. hey, here's this problem. It's a here's resource. this individual as a resource right. and yep. a connection that you can use within your growth plan. When are we going to do that? Because we got some other stuff that's on your targeted plan. Yep. 
Where is this in the priority or the priority order? How do we continue to get you to succeed? How do we continue to feed the, you're not feeding motivation. You're feeding the buy into the process because motivation is fleeting, but process is really forever. Once you, once it's a part of the way that you behave, I don't need to motivate you anymore. You're already motivated. Yes. So that's really what that comes down to is provide the framework, provide the resources, provide the, ability to fail comfortably so that you can again that's going to be that i the the failure failure of comfortably typically is when i go outside of my scope of influence too i thought too big i tried to impact something that ultimately i wasn't able to uh to able to do or i simply sat on my hands and didn't do anything right but typically that's not the issue no where so you you get outside of that scope it's like all right we want to get there at some point, but let's reel it back in. Let's continue to get our room in order here yes. so that we can get there. Yep. Once you have that, and yeah, you're no. not going to stop. No, because what, it, no. what it, you can't at that point. It's it, like I said, it, it, it and that's where I, I to even build on that. Like, you know, we bought the clinic, uh, August 28th of 2015. Right. Um, so uh, this is a specific date. Um, I stopped working the 28th. Yeah. Of that year. Yes. Like it was, it was, it was that final kickoff for me where I was like, holy crap. I'm like, again, because I have the addiction of a problem solver, you know? So for me, it stopped becoming a job and it was, I'm not necessarily saying like you have to buy a practice or you have to be at that level of ownership. It's, it's what we often refer to as quote unquote buy in, right? So you just have to buy into the um, idea, the mindset, the process, um, you know, in, in that regard. Um, but that's, you know, that level of fulfillment, I think for me, when, just a moment ago, you started talking about like this being a tool. I mean, that's exactly what we talk about all the time. We go through our accountability ladder. We just want people in number six and five, which is own it and reality. Mm-hmm. Just be in the own it category. We have a ton of solutions. Mm-hmm. We have a ton of tools for implementation. This is what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And that's, you're exactly right to pull it all together and saying like, we have these metrics, we have these tools. Maybe now they're a bit more in writing before they were mm-hmm. more kind of theoretical, philosophical, more in conversation. Um, but to have the tool sort of in hand to provide like that's why like I said I got goosebumps like for me like that's my addiction I'm like oh my god I get to you know because for me I've stepped outside of myself like we said before out of myself out of the exam room out of the business out of the community into the industry like I just getting I keep getting goosebumps I'm like oh my god think about how many people we can actually help yeah think about when we start to help more people whether it be veterinarians veterinary nurses or the support staff we start to help more clinics we start to help more caregivers we start to help more patients, our ability to actually help more animals on, you know, serving the patient to help more animals on like the state regional and, you know, whatever it ends up going to be. God, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. That is amazing. Uh, And I'm I'm happy to be a part of that process, but you're exactly right. This is, this is a tool that really gets it down to the day to day, but you have to have both, you know, an administration who can see the large picture to break it down into consumable items, to break it down into, like we said, weekly components to then be able to issue that direction between a systems thinker and a practical thinker to make sure all aligning that way and then just mess it up. Then just, you know, try to, you know, figure out where both sides are going to have things that they accomplish. Both sides are going to have things that they fail at. And it's part of the, like you said, this comfortable failure, Mm -hmm. this ability for administration to fail and for the individual to fail. But in the end, we're still serving the same cause. Mm -hmm. We still have the same tools. We have the same purpose. And we're still seeking fulfillment as we go through the process of advancement. Right. So 
I'm going to go all the way back to episode one. Nice. In that episode, what we talked about a lot was uh, individual autonomy. Yes. Having uh, indiv- having people in your uh, clinic who can be autonomous in their behavior is a massive uh, step towards obtaining success. So you have that, and then you have all the way on the other side would be like national, potentially global influence, right? Sure. Being the force of change within the veterinary profession. Yes. There's a enormous gap yeah. between those two things, right? Because yes. when you say force of change within the entire profession, understanding the scope of influence on that is just enormous. Yes. The idea of, okay, I have that, but now I want to have a structure that just focuses down to the individual yes. and, and allowing them the opportunity to be autonomous. Absolutely. This is it. Yes. This you just yes. you just go smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller yes. and smaller until you get to the person, and that's why that large corporate structure with wanting to make this difference doesn't freaking work. No. Because the large structure cannot look at it from a regional, national level and say, "You one person, this is how you're going to feed that machine perfectly." Yes. It's not possible. No. It's just their their scope's too big, and yeah. that's why we tell you to stay in the clouds. We need big scope, yes. but we also need small scope, and that's why we have Katie. That's why yes. we have Andy. That's why we have a number of staff yes. around to to continue to feed the smaller yes. scope because we still want those people to make a difference in their scope of influence yes. and appreciate where they sit and also what's happening around them. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's 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 purpose and fulfillment it's purpose purpose and and well-being yes you know i mean so with like that's why we put so much weight on this tool um with and i that's not at all where we thought this conversation was gonna go yeah i know i I know i didn't (laughs) (laughs) thank you for just leading me to water so i could drink Um, but it's, that's, I think that, um, yeah. it, yes, did we really talk about implementing? Not a lot, but really it's yeah. trial and error to yeah. be perfectly honest. Yeah. That's what traction was for us. Yeah. You have to figure out how to have these conversations on your own. I cannot provide you the words to do so. Yeah. Um, yeah we can show you how to do it a few times. Right. Yeah. But ultimately you're going to have to put the, yeah. put the rubber on the road. Yeah. And then from there, you know, you, you continue, you continue forward. You, you do that back and forth between culture and also process and, you know, finding where your, your highest priorities are. And then it, it, for us, it took some, a, a lot of time, actually not some time, but really to, to implement from the traction level and then get it down into the individual level. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't officially full-time here when that happened, but no. I know it took from a traction level to yeah. really get comfortable in that process. Probably took about six months just for yeah. four people. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. And I mean, truthfully, I really feel that looking at our education system uh, and how we start out the first page of the education system to have the skills rubric, the interest list, and the 515, um, I, I think it's, I'm, I'm glad that we focus so hard on education this year yeah. um, because, you know, like we had said, uh, tier three of the education system has always been there. Mm-hmm. And this is, again, just more and more tools of implementation to increase clarity, but also increase efficiency, reduce, mm-hmm. uh, reducing the, uh, the occurrence of unnecessary conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, you know, I, I think, honestly, if I was going to look at a veterinary clinic or veterinary owner or managerial structure trying to adopt, um, you know, kind of this push the company to forward together, I definitely see how it could be intimidating. I mean, mm-hmm. I think it's intimidating for all of us, um, but it's it's 
pretty much as we lay it out. You just have to have the direction to allow people to fail essentially, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and knowing that that's okay. Um, but also that it's guided, you know, it's by design, the failure is by design that we're helping you get over a hurdle through a challenge, identifying new, uh, variables. Um, and that's again, coming back to the local influence, you have to have it, you have to have local influence. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So I could continue Yes. However, it's been roughly about an hour. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what <laughs> no, we're, so we're going to put all, all sorts of links in the description yeah. for all of this stuff. Um, yeah, we'll get stuff up online. And actually, yeah, we'll get all of our resources up yep. there. So. Absolutely. So I hope that was at least relatively insightful into some of the stuff that we do and, yeah. and understanding the why ultimately at the end of that. But yeah, uh, yeah, really, ultimately, give it a shot. Like, right? Isn't yeah. that the answer? Yeah. Just, just get out there and try something. Get out there and do it. Yeah, just in that way, you can start to hypermanage your time in the clinic exactly so so hey we'll be back next week thanks for tuning in have a good one yep